Welcome to the final episode of Zion, Consciousness and Covenant, with Andy Rasmussen, Vedjot Singh, joined by Felice Austin. Satnam, Felice. Satnam. So I mentioned it there. This is the final episode of this particular series. Mm-hmm. I think in the last episode we said we were going to do it again every week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, life, right? Life happens. Things change. <laughs> well, so we are going to officially wrap it up rather than just leave people hanging. I know yeah. you have another podcast going. I listened to one just recently. Oh, yeah? Which one did you listen to? The... I don't remember. I'd have to look at it now. It <laughs> was the short... <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it was the short one. You just read a poem. Oh, okay. Uh, but Girls with Wings, is that it? I love the title. I love the graphic artwork, too. Thanks. Lonnie did it. A very talented Lonnie. Well, so that's available on iTunes and Spreaker and elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. And you'll continue on that. I'm working on a couple of other projects. They will not be yoga-related, at least at this point. But, um, yeah. So you can find us elsewhere. <laughs> but let's talk about endings. There's some, <laughs> and that's it. So thanks a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, there's just this sense that <clears throat> sometimes things <clears throat> are just done. <laughs> yeah. And it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's not like the band broke up because of some reason. It's just like, right. you know, that was good. This is time, it's time to be done, you know, and I was reading in, um, I don't know, but they're just, things change, like, there are whole new chapters of life that begin, and, um, I think it's when we hold on to, like, old structures that mm-hmm. maybe they served us at the time, they don't, it's not good when you keep things alive that don't need to be, you know, like, uh, I had a business once that I just was like, no, this business is important, it's inspired, and it just, like, dragged me down for yeah. years, almost to bankruptcy, and for some reason, I just couldn't let it go, and then finally when I buried it, it was so liberating, and, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so it's kind of like Jesus's concept, I was, I've been reading the book Love Without End, which is amazing, yeah. um, by Glenda Green her personal um, conversations with Jesus as she painted his portrait. And he talks about following life and the living. And that's his, the whole concept that we're talking about. It's like when you, when you stick with dead structures or, or things that are dying or becoming obsolete um, or ineffective, then you're not following life. You know, you're, follow, you're, you know, you gotta let the dead bury their bed. Dead bury their dead, follow life and the living. He says that's one of the three most important principles of success. And, like, the whole reason that we study ancestors and the past is to not just to, like, be obsessed with the past and, like, ancestors, but it's to find, like, to take their work and their life and give it new meaning and apply it in the future. Yeah. In, in workable ways that serve, that's, like, refreshing and new and, you know, I mean... He says we need to constantly um, you know, 
does he say it? I'm looking for a quote right now. What do you think about all that? Well, I think it's absolutely right. It's what, um, now I'm getting some feedback, maybe that. But it's what, uh, what I'm noticing in a lot of areas of my life. And with this podcast, you just, I've thought over the past several months about, well, how can we do it? What should we do? Um, and that was really over the over the second half of last year because most of this year it's kind of just been evident that no that's that's done when you build a lot of structures up around uh, or expectations or whatever around a, a certain circumstance or an idea and especially when you feel like it's inspired <laughs> a lot of that going on too that it's hard to let it go when it when it appears something changes but it's it's really not a foreign concept right we're coming into summer now and uh, leaves on the trees and everything's beautiful and wearing less clothes. And if I were still wearing, dressing uh, like I did in January, you know, I'd be uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And <laughs> it's, it's not really any more complex. You just move with it. But if we built a lot of things around it, it's harder to recognize that uh, in the moment. But, uh, and this all gets back to... As an artist, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing over again. Like, it gets stale. Right, right. And it, it's hard as an artist sometimes because, you know, let's say you write a book and it's a bestseller and then people want a sequel, mm-hmm. right? But that's not where your heart is. Your heart is in a different project. Yeah. But the sequel is a guaranteed moneymaker, you know? Right. So maybe you do the sequel and it's okay and then they want a, a, three, a third one, you know? And it's like you – and then the heart – your heart's just not in it. You know, and like maybe people will keep buying it, but you die as an artist, you know, or like that part of you is just like not being fulfilled. There's always you got to you got to go where life in the living is and where interests are. And like, yeah, when there's a big franchise around what you've made, like <laughs> it's harder to let go. And so I think um, this is a good um, episode for people to know that it's OK to let things go sometimes, you know, like and it's. It's, it is it is like a holy concept. It's like, and, and there's no blame, you know? Like, it's like the night doesn't blame the day, and the day doesn't blame the night. Right. You know, like when things end, like let's say I had a friend that I spent a lot of time with for a couple months, and then it was like, okay, we're done. I'm shoving off. I'm going my way. And it wasn't like we, we're not friends anymore. It was just like our time, like our really intense time together was just done. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know, we'll cross paths again, but it's not like, you know, sometimes things just happen and we're brought. Well, and it's what I've been thinking of recently, <clears throat> reading um, those new books. I don't know if you've seen them, the small ones by Adam Miller. Uh, Grace is not God's backup plan and, and letters to young Mormon. No. Grace is merely uh, his, it's subtitled an urgent paraphrase of Paul's letter to the Romans, but that's all it is. It's just a retranslation of Romans into contemporary idiom, and uh, he's trying to capture uh, what what the essence of what he feels Paul's message is in that, and uh, with a little bit more of a of an LDS lexicon using some terms like ceiling and such, but the, the whole idea all the way through that is grace isn't enacted or enabled... Um, Activated, I guess, maybe a better way to put it. Until we can, we let go of our stories, whether they be our stories about ourselves or our lives or our stories about God. And he said that's the that's the greatest 
thing to surrender sometimes is our stories about God mm-hmm. and how he works and what it is. And, and um, I tell you, if he's captured what Paul meant, there's a, that's a real game changer for some LDS theology, and I, I would recommend the book. But that idea is, has really been playing out with me recently on just and, – and, and uh, the global – 3HO community right now is doing a, a global sadhana on the Compassion Kriya. And I haven't done a global sadhana with them before, but I'm doing this one. And it's a, kind of the same idea. You, it's hard to step into a place of compassion, either for yourself or anyone else, if you're still attached and, and, and responding to these stories that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. about our relationships or about whatever. And, uh, and that's, that's related to the theme we're talking about today, is what stories you're telling. That makes me think of something I've been thinking about recently, and I've been studying, and I didn't know I was going to share this, but, so, there's this word, do you know what solipsism means? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Um, let's look it up and get the exact definition, but basically, it's it's where you get, you build yourself a prison, basically, with your own belief systems. Like, it becomes, you become, it becomes a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, okay? Right. Because of your belief systems. Um, it, it, it just, it's a closed system. It has no air in it. And so, for example, I'm trying to think. So, so there's obviously, like, a lot of good in, in some uh, New Age theology, like, like the whole concept, well, everything happens the way it's supposed to, right? Like, right. when you say that, it can give you, it can make things feel okay, you know, sometimes. And then other times, you're like, well, if everything happens the way it's supposed to, well, you know, it's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yes. <laughs> like, um, and, then, and then there's other ones, like, too, like, um, well, everything is random, you know? Like, if you believe that, then everything is random, you know? And, like, and sometimes that's comforting, and sometimes that's a prison that you've built, a, you've built this wall around. <laughs> and so, so Buddha, like, the four, the four noble truths of Buddhism, even, could be solipsistic if just live the way they are on paper. So the Four Noble Truths are, you know, life is suffering, suffering is caused by attachment, desire, you know, suffering caused by attachment. Um, suffering can be alleviated um, by releasing attachment through meditation, and this is the path. Those are the Four Noble Truths. But there are, there's a certain, um, but that can still be solipsistic. And so, what's his name? I don't know who it was. Came up with the open way. And so these Buddhists who sit down to meditate, right before they sit down to meditate, they say this statement, which is, there is no suffering. Um, there is no attachment. Attachment cannot be, or suffering cannot be alleviated. There is no path. They basically say the opposite of right. the Four Noble Truths right. as they're sitting down to meditate. So they're negating the entire reason that they're sitting down to meditate <laughs> because they just it creates air in the system, yeah. right? Because even a yeah. belief system can create suffering. That's what Buddha taught. Absolutely. Even though Buddha gave this sort of belief system, he also said, you know, belief systems create suffering. So I think it's actually really liberating when you can add air into the system, right? And and so you can say, yes, I believe the plan of happiness, but I also think maybe what if there's more to it that we don't know? What if it's the play within the play, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like just having this openness. Like, like that there might be more or that there, or like, I believe it and I don't, it's like devils. I believe in them and I don't, you yes. know, right. right. Like, like sure they're real, but I don't believe in them. And it depends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it depends on your, com- your conversation. <laughs> and it's sort of one of those things where in your path, if you're on the path, okay. And you're going towards the greater light, you're going to encounter a place of paradox. 
Because that's God. God is paradox. And the only way you can work out these paradoxes is in the heart center and, and directly at the feet of God. And then they make sense. And it's not something you can explain to anybody. It's something that's worked out through, you know, devotions and meditation and, 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 uh, you know, just being open and letting God teach you. (laughs) But yeah, like you said, it's, it's like, you can't build a, a, a prison with your yeah. belief systems. It gets very, very suffocating. What's that word again? Solipsism. Do you have the definition for it? I love it. Love no, it. I'm oh, sorry. I'm playing with our uh, volume it's, levels here. It's, it's, it's sometimes used in that way. Solips. I'm going to see if I can. Oh, solipsism. The philosopher. Hold on. I may. It may be different than what I think, but. From the Latin meaning alone, meaning self, is the philosophical idea that only one's own mind is sure to exist. Okay. (laughs) As an epistemological position, solipsism holds that knowledge of anything outside one's own mind is unsure. The external world and all other minds cannot be known and might not exist outside of the mind. As a metaphysical position, solipsism goes further to the conclusion that the world and other minds do not exist. So there you go. That's, that. Well, that's very that's very new age. You can you can flip that to say that is the unity of all the oneness, and that's the for me that's the other part of what I've been considering. The real foundation of a course in miracles, right, is um, you don't know what anything is for. You don't know the meaning of anything. You're never upset for the reason you think. So just so just sit <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> you know the meaning and you do. Yes. No, you 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 do at a deeper level, but it's not what you're responding to now, and that's what you've got to Right. But uh, you can't like, yeah, just like get stuck in the one in the in the one the one thought. Like remember that the opposite may be true. It's like the compass. And right? often it's is, like, yeah. You put one foot down and then you put the other one around and you can make your circle bigger and bigger. Yep. And but if both feet are planted, then you don't get anywhere. And that was a fundamental reality of of Joseph Smith's life, and that's why he was so disconcerting to so many people in his own time and is now in the same way. Because so often it was, and he said on a couple of occasions, look, sometimes that which we know is absolutely wrong is what is right in a certain situation. Well, in the very first yeah. chapter of the Book of Mormon, or the first book, um, the exact opposite of what we know is true happens. Right. You know, like he's lost to murder or somebody. And you think of all that, that, that Mormon sifted through, and he included that story. And not only did he include it, Nephi included it when he was writing that, you know, 30 years later. Either one could have said, eh, I'm just going to leave that part out. <laughs> but it's there uh, for, for reasons uh, that we'll become clear to us individually but so the ending of this podcast do you have anything to say about the journey or about because you're kind of taking some different roads now as well aren't you? you're not teaching quite as much oh i'm teaching are you yeah i'm teaching and i'm training i'm doing some i'm just you know seeing the way and just going by inspiration when and what i should do but um I was talking to a friend recently, and she's like, yeah, you kind of vacillate between being international yogi superstar and being homemaker yogi. Yes. Uh, Which is kind of, 
why teaching online works really well for me. Because sometimes I do love to travel and meet people and go out, and other times I just like to be at home and work in the garden and not have anybody recognize me on the street. So, um, but yeah, I'm teaching online, and I am showing up a few places. I'll be at summer solstice. And I will be teaching uh, healing training and uh, imagery training in June, in June, right before summer solstice. And then I'll probably t- uh, take some more Jedi's and mentor mentoring teachers in the fall. But may, I'm also like committed to just being a mom, and also I'm a writer. I'm an artist. So I'm living life as an artist, and I'm working on some poetry. I think I have a little series going. They're Excellent. Kind of, you know, I, <laughs> I have a couple of about Sadna. That's a big <laughs> part of my life. And so I'm thinking Sadna might turn into a series, 108 poems about Sadna. But I'm trying not to think <laughs> about that. Because anytime I try to turn it into a project, then I block myself. So I'm just trying to live <laughs> in the joy of it. And then I'm working on a novel, a story, and it's, I think it's for children, actually, um, like older children, like 11, like 9, 11, 12, 13, that kind of age, and it's awesome, <laughs> it's so fun. That's exciting. Well, yeah, that's, so you, people can still find you online. Um, yeah, I started a new blog, it's called Because I'm an Artist blogspot.com there's only two posts yes. there right now but but in the future i might post more that's what i meant yeah you just you'd uh transitioned your blogs yeah uh, so yeah i'm not blogging so much but i am sending out newsletters and occasionally and i'm putting up youtube videos and stuff when i feel so inspired um and i like the podcast format i just want to talk about different stuff now i guess so i'm yeah. doing um the girls with wings one and it's fun i've had lots of different people on so far because lonnie's sort of on maternity leave so (laughs) yeah it's just about the imagination and all the amazing powers it has and how fun it can be to help us heal or also just to help us grow and connect with like the joy of who we are and play and have fun yeah well and i appreciate you're doing a uh, create or you know, creativity series right now um, in conjunction. Oh, yeah. My creativity series is so awesome. Everyone in the whole wide world should do it. It is pretty great. And it, it's helping me with some things as well. I'm also writing. There's short stories. I thought I'd, I'd want to write a novel, but the short story format is much, well, it's where I'm at right now. I'm also um, starting to play the piano again. In fact, it's just being delivered this morning. Oh, We're yay. getting one. That's and fun. I think I'm going to take lessons never played in my life really thought, it's never too late no no i played you know when i was eight and ten and whatever but not since and i'm really excited about it so there's that going on i wanted to throw out too for folks who may be interested um we'll be p- putting together a, a men's retreat a yoga retreat in the fall likely so there'll be more information about that but Okay. Where do they find that information? <clears throat> First place it'll pop up for sure will be our uh, Cash Valley Kundalini Yoga Facebook page. Okay. So, and like that anyway, there's some good stuff there, but that's where the, the first stuff cool. will be. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess I should mention, save the date on your calendar. Um, my Kundalini Yoga retreats are still going on. I'm going to 
going to do another one in Hawaii probably in the fall, October, November, early November. And then I'm going to do Bali in 2017, summer of 2017. So really? Love. Get ready. <laughs> and then besides that, if you want a private retreat, I do them in Ojai, California, where I live. And, um... Yeah, I'm accessible, but you gotta reach out and find me. And but most of my retreats, if I do them, are gonna be here because I have a, you know, my daughter's back in school and loving it, and I need to keep some roots down for a while. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I've certainly enjoyed this podcast, and I'm glad we had the opportunity. And thank you for everything you've done. And. Yeah, it's just a a wonderful journey and excited to see what's next for everybody. I know there's a lot of stuff from a lot of your students that are flowering out there now doing a lot of new things. Mm, That's amazing. Well, I think what we really, who we really need to think is Yogi Bhajan. Yes. Um, But it is, I mean, he did come through recently and talk to me and he said, you know, like, He's, he's happy, he's excited about all the freshness that we've added to the community. <laughs> There's a little bit of stagnancy sometimes in the community. Yeah. Um, and there's this, people are still wanting to keep him in the center of it. And he is the master, but he said, you know, there's a difference between keeping the teachings pure and then keeping it... Um, Becoming disciples. All about Yogi Bhajan. And it is about him, but it's also about each person individually in this lineage is the master and can be the master. But, you know, there can be some, what's it called, Um, some difficulty about, like, knowledge transfer when ego is there. And so he's like, just keep up your practice, you know, because if you're a teacher, um, you're going to be a dim light if your ego is mixed in there. He's like, but everyone can be the master and just he's like it's your voice and then he said no it's my voice he said it's the we voice (laughs) (laughs) so it's find the we voice i guess is what it's about like you know like kundalini yoga is this amazing lineage and we have this invitation to to be part of it and to create that we voice with yogi bunchen Well, excellent. Anything else that you wanted to get to? This is going to be a little shorter with the format we're doing. I think that's it. That was good. Well, excellent. Thank you again, and we'll see you soon. I'll be heading down to California next week, but not to Ojai. Is that for you? Yes. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Satnam. Satnam.